This episode is sponsored by State Farm. You a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Well, look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. Who's with me? From Joe's mom's basement, it's the Stacking Benjamin Show. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and a big happy birthday to Wendy. That's right, the redhead who's leading the charge to serve up amazing burgers like the uh, uh, the awesome bacon cheeseburger triple or the. Baconator, which I personally get as a quintuple, she's turning half a century old today. Well, like Wendy loves bacon, the bacon on this show is making us all some uh, bacon. So here to talk about not wasting your bacon, we welcome from popular blog iHeartBudgets, Jacob Wade. Plus, from LenPenzo.com, it's Tom Brady! Oh my god! I'm just kidding. It's just Len Penzo. Boring. You know that ain't all, though. We're helping your business make more bacon by chatting on today's Friday FinTech segment with the co-founder of Roger, Catherine Anderson. Like lettuce and tomato, we'll also save time for our Magnify Money segment and... Save time for my Wendy's-themed money trivia. Heck, I practically just gave it away, so go do your research, folks. And now, the guy you wouldn't want to stand in line behind after a bacon jalapeno triple cheeseburger, no sir, Joe Salcihai. Or you wouldn't want to stand in front of me either. Could you imagine that jalapeno breath? Hey, how are you? That'd be great. So behind him, front. I don't know, though. I also started this new plan today, this food plan. Not a diet, but a food plan with uh, MetPro. And um, I just got to say, there's a lot of beans. Yes. And the guy who absolutely loves beans 
from deep under Los Angeles is my friend Len Penzo. How are you, man? Well, I think I need to change out my uh, pine tree scent freshener, air freshener in the bunker because it's the bunker starting to smell a little bit like the uh, bacon, double, like bacon jalapeno, double jalapeno baker bacon cheeseburger. I got to say, I've been doing this new food plan for less than 12 hours and Richie starts telling me it's Wendy's birthday. <laughs> that's, that's just the Stacky Benjamins team messing with me, Len. It's just, I'm totally, yeah. What are you going to do, Joe? I just got to roll with it, my friend. Don't know. I'm wasting away over here. But a guy, we're so happy he's back with us, Len. It's been a long time since we've had this gentleman on. All the way up north of you in, I believe in Seattle, it's our good friend Jacob from iHeartBudget. Hey, how's it going, guys? And just to let you know, I was from Seattle. I'm now from everywhere. Oh, that's right. You decided to become location independent. 100%. Yes. We've been living on the road in our RV for the last 15 months now. And? And? Good, bad, ugly, loving it, hating it. Never going back. We love it, man. It's been, I could go on an entire rant on this, but it's been life-changing in the most amazing way. Um, I took a year off of work to do the thing and get some self-care going on, but I don't know. I'm not going back to normal. So we're, we're really, really, really enjoying this. We get to go down and chase the sunshine. So we're going to be, we're in California now, heading south for the winter, doing Florida for a few months and Man, we've been to 20 national parks, 25 states, over 85 stops. We, we've seen the country in a way that I never would have. So loving it. And your spouse isn't sick of you yet. That's the amazing thing because we live in 300 square feet with uh, three kids. Somehow <laughs> we're all still alive. We're all still, three, still breathing. <laughs> did you say 300 square feet? That's correct. 300 square feet Len, divided by five is... I don't know. <laughs> Isn't that 60 square feet per person? I didn't know. I'm not. A... Yeah. And most of that's taken up by furniture. So it's, it's about three square feet per person. Oh. If you do the real math. My goodness. How old are your kids? Uh, seven, five, and three. You ever think about upgrading that to be more square footage? Nope. Well, my wife's looking at van life. She's saying, oh, well, how she, do we cut this in half? She wants to go smaller. Well, I was thinking with all that big iHeartBudgets money that you've got, that you're rolling in, <laughs> you could expand and have it be double big. In fact, it's funny that I say that because got to say thanks to Cabbage for supporting the show. To get the money you need to run your small business, whether it's iHeartBudgets.net or any other business, use the code SB and you'll get a $100 credit toward your first loan statement. Offer ends November 30th. Have to take a $5,000 loan to qualify. Terms and conditions apply. Just ask her for that. Tell her it's a business thing. Done. I'll upgrade the rig. We'll double our size and uh, I'll just write it off. That's it's, how taxes work, right? That's exactly how taxes work. Hey, it's debt, but it's a write-off. So there you go, Len. That's some new math right there. Please, no more math questions already. This is, we've already started and this podcast is already killing me, Joe. If you want to do the math better and easier, I got to say thanks to HoneyBook for supporting Stacky Benjamins too. If you if you run your own business, you're used to doing it all. But if you're struggling to get through your to-do list, your math list, whatever, HoneyBook can help. Go to HoneyBook.com slash SB for 50% off your first year. We've got Jacob here. We've got Len here. I'm here. And we're about to have a fun show. So let's get this party started. Hello, darlings. 
And now, it's time for your favorite part of the show, our Stacking Benjamin's Headlines. All right, today's going to be a little different. And just to set this up, when we were first going to record today's show, Paula was going to be here with us. And she could not be here today because she's off in Ecuador. I had a, a death in the family, so I had to reschedule today. And then Gwen from Fiery Millennial was going to be here with us as well. And uh, she told me that she was unable to make it today. <laughs> and it, so now it's Jacob and Len and I. And uh, Jake, let's just lean into this. We're going to talk about self-care. Yeah, I think the idea is... We are going to be mansplaining self-care and how it should work. That's it's exactly the th- that's the way it turns out. We, Len, you wanted this all along, didn't you? To to just have a heart to heart about self-care. Oh yeah, this is uh, hey everybody comes to me for when it comes to self-care advice. I am the guy. So let's dig in. Yes, let's mansplain self-care. So this is a video today. We don't have an an article. We have a video. This is from the Financial Diet. And our friend uh, Chelsea Fagan posted this. Uh, It's a 12-minute video, but let's play just the first couple minutes of it so you get the idea of what we're going to talk about today. This week's video is all about self-care. And you don't know it, but I've had a really bad day, so I am ready to rant. Now, let me say up front that I know that this video is going to have some similar responses to when I talk about my issues with minimalism. There's going to be a bunch of no true Scotsmen in my comments section, which means that what I'm describing isn't the real version of whatever it is I'm talking about. In the case of minimalism, the minimalism that I'm talking about doesn't apply to their version of minimalism. And in this case, The kind of self-care phenomenon that I'll be discussing won't necessarily resemble your version of self-care. So let's get this all out of the way right now and say that if what I am describing doesn't apply to you, then it doesn't apply to you. No need to specify that in the comments. Am I going to get more of those comments now? Congratulations, I played myself. (laughs) So now that that's out of the way, let's talk about the kind of self-care that I want to talk about in this video. And that is what I'd like to call Instagram self-care. Or maybe you see it more on Pinterest or on Tumblr or on Twitter. Basically, this is the very superficial internet-generated version of self-care in which self-care is mostly viewed through the prism of what feels good. You'll often hear about it in terms of things like face masks and bubble baths or eating food that tastes delicious but leaves your organs screaming for help. This is the kind of self-care that often borders on treat yourself, essentially making yourself feel good by indulging. You also might see this kind of self-care talked about through the prism of interpersonal relationships. I think we've all seen those posts on social media about how like You want to just bail on plans or not answer people's phone calls or not be reliable to them? That's called self-care, baby. It's you first. Now listen, the individual calls to action for this kind of self-care that you may have seen can be different. Maybe for you it wasn't a bubble bath or not answering a phone call. Maybe for you it was more like setting really harsh boundaries with people and calling out sick from work and eating an entire pizza. The point is that this self-care has a lot more emphasis on the self part and a lot less on the true care part, especially when you consider what care means on the scale of a human life. 
Now, I have had many a brush with this kind of self-care myself. There have been many decisions that I've made or things that I've indulged in or bought or allowed myself to do because I put it under that very superficial definition of self-care. And from time to time, why not drink that wine while in a bath with your laptop precariously placed on the toilet playing the episode of Sex and the City you've seen 1,700 times, which is exactly what I've done. It's totally fine. Sounds exactly like something that you've done before there, Mr. Penzo. Absolutely. Sex in the City, one of my favorite shows. I like this because I do think that obviously some of the things that Chelsea talks about is for a certain audience. But I do think that this concept of self-care, though, pretty universal, whether you're man, woman, child, whatever. Let's start with you, Jacob. She talks about going to buy that thing because it makes you feel good, right? Let's start there. I'm fairly certain you've never done that before, have you? No, no, I run a budget blog, so I've never made a financial mistake in my life. But people do impulse buy. Funny enough, my wife and I have just been talking about that. Uh, how can you take that feeling of I'm going to buy this because I, you know, feeling down or it's going to make me feel better. It's going to give me that uplifting win. And how do we replace it with a good choice for our, our bodies or our minds or our personal development. So I'm actually on board with that idea of what is good for you doesn't necessarily feel good immediately, right? It's the idea of, of making choices that benefit your future self, that type of thing. And yet sticking with this, these bad choices, Len, I'm, you've had those nights, haven't you? No matter what it is, you're going to buy the thing and maybe you don't label it self-care, but you do label it, well, this is going to make me feel better now. So I'm, so I'm buying this. Yeah, yeah. It, I do it a lot. It all depends on what you can afford, right? There's two areas of buying things, self-care. It, it comes down to where you are at your stage, certain stages of life. So when you're just starting out, you don't have as many opportunities to go ahead and splurge. I'll call it splurge responsibly. So you have to watch what you're doing. So as I'm older and my income's going up, I don't think twice a lot of times buying things. I've spent, I think we've talked about this before, I've spent over $2,500 to buy tickets to, for example, a Stanley Cup finals game going to that. I've done that four or five years ago, but I could afford it. I would never have done that maybe 20 years ago or 15 years ago because that would not have been a smart idea. Now, I have done things on a lot smaller scale that were still not correct back then, but it's all a matter of what you can afford and you have to kind of evaluate. I don't think, though, she's talking about those big events because I think those big events then play large in your life later. I think she's talking about the small thing like I will I'm uh, driving by the game store and I'll buy the next hot board game, even though I'm sitting on two that I haven't yet played. And there's no way this new one's going to be anything more than clutter for the next six months or maybe a year. Len, you've probably done that with your trains, I got to admit. Where, <laughs> where, you know, were you just your, your late night shopping with a bottle of beer, glass of wine on eBay? And next thing you know, you get a couple. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> there, there it is. All of a sudden, uh, this, this car shows up and, and you're telling the honeybee that, um, you know, right. this, I don't know where it came from. Let me tell you something I just did. Speaking of trains, I don't even have my train up yet. I've told you this. I'm waiting for one of the kids to leave so I can put mine up. But I've got thousands of dollars of stuff already in prep preparation for this. It's in the closet. Thousands of dollars of this stuff. 
But I just, two days ago, I bought a Jack Daniels, a little N-scale railroad car with Jack Daniels. It was a limited edition. I got it from a guy in Australia, and it cost me 75 bucks. So, you know, yeah, that's something. Did I really need that? No, but <laughs> I... Little self care, it did make me feel good for a second. Well, that's that's funny. I do want to get back to that, but Jacob, to bring you back into this discussion, I mean, you're living in 300 square feet now. You you don't have time, you don't have space to 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 make those purchases anymore. Did did moving into the RV did that change some of this game for you? Yeah, I tell people it was a version of forced minimalism for us because we weren't. I wouldn't even say like we labeled ourselves minimalists in any way, but to cram the size of stuff we had into this, you know, scaled down version of living, we sold everything. Like we sold our house, we sold pretty much everything we owned and we kept some furniture that we just bought in sentimentals in in a 10 by 10 storage unit. Everything else is gone. And so the self-care of buying things is definitely not somewhere we, we fall into now. I mean, 15 months of living this way, it's, it's not even a temptation because we look at each other like, where, where's it going to go? There's, yeah. there's nowhere to put it anyway. I would say what we fall into is that, I mean, she described it perfectly, let's grab a pizza uh, because the kids are hangry and, and whatever, right? But as far as the minimalism goes, the rule we have is if we are not willing to spend money on the thing, bring it into our house and use it, and then find a place for it and then upkeep it and then eventually either sell it or give it away. If it doesn't meet those five criteria, it just doesn't come in the house. So that's a, a hard no for about 99.9% of stuff. Have you found that that's changed you mentally at all? I mean, has it changed the way that you walk into a Walmart or a Target now versus before when you had room? Absolutely. Yeah, it's one of those things where... The temptation to grab something doesn't even exist because it's not an option. So it's almost like something, at least for me, I mentally just wrote it off. Um, and I know my, my, my wife would say the same thing where it's, it's not even an option. So it doesn't even pop up as, oh, that would be nice. The, the most, the furthest it goes is, hey, when we get a home and then that's about it, it would be nice to X, Y, Z decorate with this. My wife's an interior designer, right? So she loves that stuff, but that's as far as it goes because we've sort of built this lifestyle that requires us to just just keep it simple. And then the indulgences and impulse buys just don't happen. Is there ever some negativity around that though? Meaning you're walking through a target and you say, I wish I could do that. And I'm frustrated because I can't buy that. You're not going to like my answer, but no, there's not. I literally don't even struggle with it. And, And I know that that's unique, but I don't. The only time is, man, I wish I could have my, I'm a drummer, so I have a a Roland electronic drum kit that I had to throw into storage. I would love to have that and play, but then we'll just go find a guitar center and I'll jam out for a bit, right? So it's, it's so ingrained in what we do that it's, it's not even a struggle anymore. I would say it, it was maybe for the first couple of months thinking of, oh, we don't have this, we don't have that. But the process of selling everything we owned and our house and moving into this RV was so substantial that those wants and needs barely existed because we were so stressed out about all the other stuff. I was a hell of a drummer in rock band 
And, you know, for Rock Band yeah. 4, now they don't make the kits anymore because nobody was buying the game. So, Len, if I could find a Rock Band 4 kit of plastic instruments, I would self-care all over that if you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> well, good for you. And then I'll give you my uh, my Rock Band guitar, too. You know, we could start our own band. That we could jam, yeah, because you, you had a band as well. We should get, we should get Len and Jacob together. We could start like a, like a, a big finance-related band here. That would be cool. That would be we cool. We could do that. That, that that'd be new, really fun. New <laughs> intro song. Done. <laughs> I love it. Let, hey, Jacob, by the way, you know what? If you ever need extra space, just get a trailer hitch. And then you can get like a U-Haul <laughs> and hang it off the back of your RV. It's a slippery slope hanging out with lead. <laughs> and by the way, you can take a loan for that through cabbage. Uh <laughs> minimum five thousand dollars, Jacob. Len, when we're talking about this. It's interesting. You can hear Chelsea's frustration and being somebody that has to be on social media, all of us for, for what we do. I see this on Instagram all the time, Len, people saying, Hey, I just deserve it. I just deserve this thing. And it's not self-care. It seems to me, Len, like it's a little destructive, you know, I mean, it's not even neutral. It's pretty destructive to continually say the stuff you're buying is self-care. Yeah. Well, look, and I talk to my kids about this a lot. Sometimes <laughs> this might be blasphemous, but social media can be destructive just by the fact that you see other things that other people have and you instantly feel either you're deprived or you're not, you know, you're just not doing as quote as well as somebody else. And then it kind of goads you into doing the same thing. So sometimes you have to watch what other people are doing and not apply yourself to that. You have to have the strength to just say, hey, good for that person, but I'm going down this path and uh, I'm going to be a little more responsible on my splurge. Well, it's funny. I was talking to Jacob's wife just yesterday and she talked about coming into the RV Jacob sitting there in the dark on his computer, looking at pictures of like spacious lawns and like four bedroom houses. Shh, don't tell. Don't tell. You know what? It gets to us all at some point. And you know what? Maybe I was doing a little self-care. <laughs> you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to bring this all the way back and I'm going to speak directly to Chelsea and tell her that, that I hear exactly what she's saying. And it made me think of this quote. I don't know if you guys know of, of Rachel and Dave Hollis and they've got a big, brand and company, uh, and they're big into the self-development space. But she has this quote that I really like, and I think really kind of sums up the whole thing, is that self-care will never hurt you. And if you take it through the lens of that, and as you see these Instagram self-care posts or these advertisements, is that actually good for you? Is it bad for me? You, you think of health, family, finances, uh, you know, your personal values. If it's going against any of those and your future self is going to pay for that mistake, then it is not self-care. It's self-destructive. It's a great point. Well, before we get to our final thoughts here, got to talk about a different aspect of self-care. How about self-care for your business? When you started your business, did you dream about all those administrative tasks like drafting proposals and contracts, tracking down payments? Mm, I bet you didn't. And if that wasn't part of your vision, well, then you need HoneyBook. What we like about HoneyBook here in the basement is it's an online business management tool that organizes your client communications, your bookings, your contracts, your invoices. It puts all of these systems that are all over the place. By the way, I almost called them desperate systems, which is the correct word. 
doesn't sound like it's the correct word, but I also think that in the other context, the word desperate makes a lot of sense because you're a little desperate because of the fact that none of this crap works together. But HoneyBook makes it all go. HoneyBook makes it simple to run your business better. Professional templates, e-signatures, built-in automation, keep everything on track and make you look good with your clients and the people that you work with, outsource to. They can even consolidate services you already use like QuickBooks, Google Suite, Excel, and MailChimp Gmail. It's the number one choice for client and business management for freelancers and business owners. Save time, do more what you do, do more what you love with HoneyBook. If I can do less of the stuff that I don't love and more of the stuff that I do, sign me up. Right now, HoneyBook's offering stackers 50% off when you visit honeybook.com slash SB. Payment's flexible, and this is going to apply whether you pay monthly or annually. They're not going to shoehorn you into something that you don't want. Go to honeybook.com slash SB for 50% off your first year. That's honeybook.com slash SB. Len, when it comes to real self-care, like what's an activity that you participate in that's real self-care as defined by Jacob just now? Well, here's a simple one. Saving, you know, just saving, putting some money aside for the future is self-care. That's a little pain up front, but it, it really does take care of you in the long run. Yeah. I'm headed to the gym after this. Perfect. Yeah. That's another thing. Yes. And that's, Here's the thing with self-care. Sometimes self-care, I, I know we're talking about self-care and things that make you feel good, but self-care, you got to put out in the short term to get the benefits later. So self-care and things like that. Working out's a great example, Joe. How did you feel, Jacob, when you heard Chelsea ranting about this? Honestly, I was throwing my hands in the air like, yes. Like, that's exactly how I actually think about it. Maybe I don't see that stuff as much because I'm on this personal development kick. So a big part of of moving into this RV and minimalizing our lifestyle was things were too crazy. All we did was self-indulge and looked at bigger, better, more. And at some point it led to a nervous breakdown and we quit my job. We sold everything. We said, let's go. We're going to completely transform our lives because we are have zero self-care. So when she was talking about you know, those things that come up, I'm like, absolutely. And, and I think Len just hit on it is that it's short term thinking versus long term thinking that immediate dopamine hit of doing the thing you want to do or shopping and you're getting getting that little, you know, I feel better now is typically results in a long term detrimental effect. And so I was all on board with what she was talking about. And it's something that that we're working towards. So I'm I'm getting up early now. I'm running. I hate running. And I've you know, I'm about to run a 5k. Like I, I just started, like I didn't do any of this stuff. We, we gave up alcohol for the last 90 days of the year. So I've always got a big liter of water, just all of these things that I know in the short term might be like, Oh, well, I can't do this quick little thing that makes me feel better. But we kept doing that for a decade and got nowhere. So let's start doing actual self-care and our, the results have been amazing over the last 15 months. It's been, like I said, life-changing, mentally changing our relationship, our health, uh, our parenting, everything has benefited from actual self-care and having a longer term vision. Len, you're about to jump deeper into the game of uh, running your blog 
much, 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 much more, which by the way, we're all excited about, but do you get all excited about the part of running the business or of writing more again? It's a little of both. I really enjoy the business end of it. Honest to goodness. I enjoy working with my clients and advertisers and, and I'm really eager to go out and fetch some more business and try and get the business to grow. It's, it's a challenge to me and I need a challenge at this stage of my life. Well then, Len, you're going to love this uh, next guest. On Friday, obviously, we have our Friday FinTech segment in the middle of the show. This week, Catherine Anderson, who's one of the founders of a company called Roger.ai, is with us. And think about this. If you want to do your side hustle or a business, but you're frustrated that all of these accounting functions don't talk to each other, nothing really works together... What if you could have it so everything worked together in harmony? You had the ability to have machine learning work in your corner to make running your business even easier. I'm fascinated by this. So I'm so happy she's here, here to tell us a little bit about Roger.ai, Catherine Anderson coming down to the basement. And coming down the stairs to talk about Roger, it's our new friend, Catherine Anderson. How are you? Hi, not bad. Thanks for asking. How are you? Well, I'm very good, and I'm glad that you're here because this time of year, late in the year, people start thinking about the new year and next year. And I know we talk a lot, Catherine, about people with side hustles, starting a new business. We have a lot of our fans that already have business. We don't usually talk about fintech though for business you guys have this really cool company roger at roger.ai people want to check it out while we're talking but what was it you and a co-founder that started roger how did it begin yes exactly my co-founder and i you know we've both started several businesses in the past like we've been small business owners and the latest company that we started together was one that we sold to cisco in 2014 and as kind of founders and entrepreneurs, like the last thing, and I think a lot of listeners feel the same way, the last thing we wanted to spend our time on was bookkeeping and like accounting and our finances. So it was always really hard for us to get this done, like to get our bills paid on time, to manage receipts and expenses. It was never easy to like work with with bookkeepers and CPA firms. So this um, is because, yeah. so this is funny. Roger was born out of your own frustration oh, yeah. <laughs> with your oh, own yeah. company. Yeah. Very much so. Totally. So you guys then started, how long ago did Roger begin? Did you two begin the company? We started the company a couple of years ago. So we'd been looking into different things before that, but it was kind of like a couple of years ago that we really honed in on this problem and started building the mobile app first for like small business owners. Well, and that's what I was going to ask is that how long did it take to go from an idea to having, because you guys do, and we'll get into it here in a second, but you guys do so many cool things for small business owners to help them compete. How long did it take to go from an idea to your beta? To beta, it takes probably like a year and a half. Did it? Yeah. We were, yeah, we worked with 50 small businesses for, I would say, 12 to 18 months, really where you focus on just a tiny group of people that has the same problem that you were trying to solve. And then you learn from them and like iterate and build more and more product. And then you go in a different direction and then that direction. So it takes a long time. Yeah. Well, let's dig into it. Tell everybody a little bit about what Roger does because it interfaces with with whatever accounting software you're using. Yeah, exactly. It's an accounting automation tool for small businesses and for accountants and bookkeepers. So for business owners, you end up not having to log into your accounting system. 
And you also end up not having to really log much into your bank account. So for business owners, it really takes a lot of that financial kind of worry away and also saves you a ton of money on bookkeeping and accounting costs. So that's the primary reason that small business owners love it. And what practically Roger does is that it's an automated inbox where you just will send all the documents like bills, receipts, credit memos, like anything that you that you have, you'll send it to Roger. Roger takes care of it, like it's done. So let's take a, an invoice example. You send an invoice to Roger. It goes through the correct approvals that you've set up for, for invoices. You can set up different workflows that govern things if you have any compliance rules that you've set up or if you want certain people to be notified about something, depending on the vendor information. And then, of course, Roger pays the invoice as well. So you don't have to log onto your bank and take care of that payment. And then eventually everything ends up automatically in your accounting system. So you don't have to log into QuickBooks and type everything in and your bookkeeper doesn't have to do that either. So Roger takes care of the whole flow from when you receive something, an invoice or a receipt until it's recorded in your accounting system correctly. It's amazing because you've got all these inputs, you know, when you're a small business person, like even for Stacking Benjamins, I mean, we have all kinds of different partners like Steve, uh, who who engineers our show, doesn't work directly mm-hmm. with us. He's a partner of ours. But Roger really makes it easy for people to manage kind of for small businesses. They have these far flung teams. Exactly. Yeah. You just send everything to Roger and it's taken care of. And that's really the biggest and primary value proposition and the benefit of using it is like you, you, there's a lot of worries that you save by using something like this. Does Roger alert me if I don't have the right system set up or is it during the process of setting up Roger that maybe I'll find out that maybe there's something I'm doing wrong or that I need more of? Yes, for sure. So the workflows that we have will help you get the right setup as well. So you'll start setting up a couple of workflows around approvals or around sending things to your accounting system or to your accountant. And pretty quickly, you'll realize, oh, I should be maybe maybe I should be doing this differently or your accountant will more easily be, be able to help you with advice. So one of the big things for me is that, hey, I don't want to I don't want small businesses to overpay for Uh, manual bookkeeping tasks. It's something that can be automated today. So trusted advisors like accountants and bookkeepers should be spending their time actually giving advice and not doing all that manual stuff. The thing that I can hear people, and I'm sure you get this all the time, Catherine, is people go, wow, it sounds like Roger handles everything. As you know, business owners way love to be in control of everything. But something that I liked when I was looking into you, you've got a bunch of insights and reports. So business owners kind of have their finger on the heartbeat. Tell me about the reporting that Roger does. Yeah, so we have a ton of filtering and sorting and reporting options in the product, and we're building those out really extensively the rest of the year because we found that that is extremely important to surface that information. So if you're a founder like me, you know, you want to know what's going on with the business all the time, like every second, but you don't have time to necessarily sit down and dig out all that information. You just want it to be surfaced to you magically. And so we are able to give you information such as like, hey, this vendor charged you 10% more this month than last month, or this vendor has been consistently charging you more this year than last. Like what's going on? Is that okay? And we enable you 
to then dig deeper, but only spend your time on the stuff that matters and not you you don't have to go through everything. Yeah. We'll surface certain things for you that we flag and then you can go dig into it. What's the biggest compliment you get from your users? The biggest compliment. The the I don't know if this is appropriate for a podcast, but the biggest compliment we've ever gotten was when one of our users said that him and his wife now were able to have the second kid because of Roger, because <laughs> he used to spend his nights um, in QuickBooks, you know, just like uh, doing all this stuff manually. And now he can just send stuff to Roger on the fly. Like when he's in his car, he can get everything done on his phone. And he was like, well, now we actually have the capacity to have another kid and thank you. So I think that was the, the biggest compliment that we've had. But not only, Catherine, does he find the time to make babies, he can actually then have the time to be a good dad too later exactly. on. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, on your website, it talks about advanced fraud protection. And I hadn't thought about this, but I don't really understand. You, you say on the website that there's so much fraud in the area of small business and small business owners being taken advantage of. How does Roger flag that type of stuff? Yeah, so small businesses are much more likely to experience fraud, actually, because you can imagine the bigger a company gets, the more systems they have in place. Like they'll have some Oracle or SAP system that's that can do everything and that'll alert you and that makes all these analysis. But if you're a small business, you don't have those systems in place. So we, now that we have this data, we wanted to uh, bring that to small businesses so that all this fraud doesn't happen. What happens in practice is if we see a pattern that looks like fraud, so that could be both occupational fraud, so internal fraud inside of the company. If someone is issuing invoices to themselves, sends it to the bookkeeper, makes the bookkeeper just pay for it, and then the money goes into their own bank account, it happens more than you think, yeah. uh, which is sad, but it's true. So that's one area. And then the other one is vendor fraud or like impersonation fraud. So people that send your company invoices that are impersonating maybe a CEO or someone else. And that's kind of making your accountant pay these bills on behalf of your company, but they weren't supposed to be paid. So there are a lot of types of fraud that we can help prevent, especially with the workflows. If you have the correct approvals in place, stuff like this can't really happen because you'll always like the correct people will always see the invoice and will be able to say, hmm, well, we shouldn't have, this is not something that we should be paying for. And also we surface things that are um, based on if invoices are sent from the same vendor too many times or with uh, weird amounts, we have pattern detection for for that stuff. And, and it just flags it and sends it my way, then I can look at it and determine. Exactly. Yeah. When I first started using Slack, I thought, why do I need Slack? Like I have, mm -hmm. I have a messaging app. I have Google Drive. I've got all this stuff. And then I started using Slack, Catherine. And if you use Slack, you know. All of a sudden, it all integrates together. And I get everything at one place and I feel like I can't live without Slack. So my initial thought when I was looking at Roger was that you guys are kind of like a Slack for finance and bookkeeping yeah. for a business. Absolutely. But then, but it goes even further though. You guys integrate with Slack. We do. We're actually <laughs> launching a, the, our Slack integration very soon. So you'll be able to approve invoices and manage your receipts, et cetera, directly from Slack. You have a long list of uh, different tools that you integrate with, but can you give our listeners just a few of the more popular ones? QuickBooks and Xero are definitely the two biggest ones because those are the accounting systems that, that small businesses use in America. 
Dropbox, Box are popular, and uh, I'm really I have high hopes for the Slack integration because that's going to help a lot of people be super efficient. Yeah, I thought that was really super cool when I saw yeah. that. Now, app wise, is it just Apple, Android, both? Both. Yep, iOS and Android. Gotcha. And so I can use it on my desktop. You just pretty much use it anywhere. Yeah, anywhere you are. It's, it's great talking to you. And people can explore by going to uh, roger.ai. Yeah. Last question. Oh, I forgot to ask this. What does it cost? How much, how much does Roger cost a small business? Roger starts at $19 a month. Most small businesses will pay under 100 bucks a month for, for Roger. So small businesses typically between 19 and $49. I see. There's like four different levels here and different yeah. things that they get. Got it. And that's all also detailed at the website. You said you're hopeful for the Slack integration. You know, Catherine, nobody listens to the show. So it's just you and me. Any secret mm-hmm. stuff coming up that you guys are working on that uh, you could tell us about? We always have a lot of uh, secret things uh, in the works of Roger, of course. Uh, we have a few new features coming out before the end of the year that I'm excited about. We are launching what we're calling the Roger Inbox. I can't reveal too much what it will be, but it's an extension of the current kind of automated scanning product. So that's going to be a treat for users. And then we're always building more integration so that you can integrate with whatever process you have in your company. So be it purchasing order systems or warehouse management, property management. So investing heavily in that. Awesome. Well, it sounds like you're busy. Thank you so much for taking a few minutes out of your busy day to talk about Roger with us. I appreciate it. No, thanks for inviting me. Hey there, money fans. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and a gracious and warm welcome to you to my amazing trivia segment. Well, in the spirit of self-care, oh, I know self-care, I dropped the fries from my Wendy's order today so I could keep my strength just up the number of burgers I usually buy from two to five as an offset, because you got to do that. Real self-care is about balance, and I'm a Libra, so I know all about balance. And that's why I love celebrating Wendy's birthday. You and I know that life isn't all curly fries or a you know, special sawsome sauce. Who even came up with the name of that? Or a cool green slushy drink. In the end, a restaurant's success comes down to one thing. Good burgers. So that's what I've decided. And you're hearing it here first. I'm going to open my own Wendy's franchise. Now, I heard from a good source named Joe's M-O-M that you have to have a high enough net worth before qualifying. Does anyone know uh, what the, uh, uh, a net worth is or like what the number is? I'll try finding that answer on my own. But how about this? Let's make today's trivia question uh, all about uh, that. So just how big does your bankroll have to be? to uh, even qualify to buy a Wendy's franchise. Like, what's the minimum net worth? Asking for a friend. All right, we explained this complicated game to Jacob behind the scenes. Jacob, you got the convoluted rules to this shindig? Yeah, I no, I don't, but I'm going to do it anyway. (laughs) I had a, a correction. Thank you, by the way, to Laura for writing in Laura and then a bunch of other people, but Laura got here first to tell us, Len, we had a mistake in our scoring system and we were one behind. Len Penzo is still leading by one. 
So yes, yes, yes. Len is one ahead of uh, Paula and OG. Now, Gwen. I mean, there's listeners that are actually keeping track of you this. I mean, you, <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what. Somebody needs a hobby. Just say it. But we we looking at who was here. Th- th- this is what took me the most time. Gwen, who couldn't be here today at the last minute was playing on behalf of OG. Paula. Got it. Paula is behind Len by one, which means no pressure, but do you want to guess first or last? And we play this, for people that are new, we play this Price is Right style, which is going to make this with two people totally unfair to one of you. But we're about to see. Do you want to go first or last? I would like to go last. (laughs) Len, you know what that means. You get to guess first. Uh, What's the story of my life the last eight or nine weeks? What's the minimum net worth to open a, to, to be eligible for a Wendy's franchise? All right. So let me start off by, I, I have no idea, but I do know this. In the early nineties, I was in a Wiener schnitzel, one of my favorite restaurants, by the way, for breakfast, no less. I was in a Wiener schnitzel sitting down back in my bachelor days. And there was a guy in there, he dressed up very nicely in a suit and tie, and he had a couple of people around him. I think they were sitting at a table, a different table, but he was giving them a little speech. And it turns out he was talking to them about, these were potential franchisees. He was trying to entice people to buy a, a Wienerschnitzel franchise. And at the time I was thinking, this is a great idea. Maybe I should do that as well. It piqued my interest, so I started listening to all the things that goes into being a franchisee for a Wiener Schnitzel. Well, he gets to the end and he mentions the initial buy-in fee. Now, again, this is in the early '90s. It was a half million dollars back in the early '90s. That's to buy so, in. That's not even what your net worth needs to be. That's just the buy-in. That's your buy-in. Yes, yes. And I was like, well, there goes that idea. You know, that was forget, Len. You ain't gonna get a Wiener Schnitzel franchise. Forget it. Just go back to what you're doing. So gosh darn. So your question Do you still is, cry at night? Yes, I do. <laughs> Just, if anybody wonders what happened to Len Penzo, it was the fact that he didn't get the Wiener Schnitzel. I love Wiener Schnitzel. As a matter of fact, can you see what I got right here, Joe? Look at this. You, wait, you see that? Look what I got here. Six ninety nine for two. Ch- t- why? It's the first day of my new diet, and you're showing me chili dogs. What the hell are you doing? I'm just showing Joe coupons that I have here for Wiener Schnitzel right in front of me. Two chili dogs, two corn dogs, and chili cheese fries for six ninety nine. I'm looking I'm at like, Jacob I'm over here, here drinking this. water, and he's he's a role model. You're showing me chili dogs. <laughs> okay, but anyways, so but you're not asking what the franchise fee is. You're saying what's the net worth? Yeah, what, what what's is, the minimum net worth you have to have to qualify? To qualify? Because oh they want to make sure you have enough money yeah. that the first time things go bad, that you're not going to be in trouble. And this is for Wendy's, not Wiener. This is Wendy's. Yeah. Oh gosh, my gosh. Well, let's see. Five hundred thousand buy-in in the early '90s. I figure your net worth has. What is that today? That's probably at least triple. Probably quadruple. I'll say, yeah, quadruple. That's two million. And so, therefore, I would say your net worth has to be three times that six million dollars. Six million dollars. That's a lot of bacon. He put you in a tough spot there, Jacob. Goodness. Well, I was over here doing math on their 
cheeseburger prices, like times the repeat customers and the people that really, really like those Instagram self-care ads and putting that formula together, it was like six bucks. So I need to like redo the math, but using your Wiener schnitzel data combined with my baked cheeseburger data, I'm going to say to open a franchise so that they don't have to take too much risk on you. You're going to need a net worth about $5 million. About $5 million. All right. Well, you know what? We would tell you right now, but we don't do that here. We're going to make you wait for just a minute. So hold on. So now I'm listening to the story of Cornelius Vanderbilt on my Audible. And it's amazing seeing the number of people going bankrupt over the years as they work to compete. And it often is the Commodore, the captain, Cornelius Vanderbilt himself, who's on the verge of bankruptcy because of the fact that he needs more resources right now. And if he gets past this little point, he knows and everybody knows everything's going to be okay. Well, what's sad is that was the early 1800s. It's still the same and maybe even worse sometimes if you run a business today. You have to make best use of your time so you can stay competitive doing the things that make a difference, not managing inventory, covering payroll, doing a hundred other things before lunch, which is, by the way, the average day for an entrepreneur, right? Getting the money you need doesn't need to take up all your time. That's why Cabbage created a simple modern way for businesses to access up to $250,000 of credit. Cabbage's application process is online, takes just a minute to complete and get a decision. And if your business qualifies, you can access the amount you need right away and withdraw more funds whenever you need extra capital. Cabbage has an A-plus rating with a Better Business Bureau and has provided 185,000 small businesses with access to funding. So now, had Cornelius Vanderbilt been around today, he could have had another steamship and instead of owning most of everything, could have been, could have been, could have been absolutely, absolutely the one. I'll tell you what's funny about Vanderbilt. He was a guy, and, and a lot of entrepreneurs I've met over the years are like this, singular. This idea of being balanced, Vanderbilt was not a balanced person at all. It was business, business, business. And then after that, he thought about, yeah, business. That's what he did. But early on, there were a few times it looked like he wasn't going to make it. It's a good read, and, and partly because there were some inflection points there where having just enough money got him through. Get the money you need to run your small business today. Go to cabbage.com and use code SB to get a Benjamin credit. That's a $100 credit on your first loan statement. That's K-A-B-B-A-G-E.com. Offer ends November 30th, 2019. It's coming up there, kids. Must take a minimum $5,000 loan to qualify. Credit line subject to review and change. Individual requests for capital are separate installment loans issued by Celtic Bank, member FDIC. Len, $6 million. Lots of math there. How are you feeling? Well, I'm just thankful that Jacob didn't say $6 million in one dollars because yeah, that that's right. Just, that would have just sealed the deal for Paula. Well, and to that point, Jacob, you could have just said a dollar because it's the closest without going over. So you had, you know what? A d- I'm all about transparency and integrity. So I'm good for to- you. Jacob. Holy co- <laughs> who is this guy? Good for me too. <laughs> who, who invited him on the show, Len? I swear all these great quotes. He's got this fantastic. He's making us look bad. 
Oh, I, I tell you. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Doug. What's the answer to this question? Welcome back, bacon cheese lovers. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and you're listening to the smooth sounds of my trivia. Let me tell you, after just one triple patty deluxe, I don't know who's going to eat those other four burgers. You guys, anybody? Anybody want some? (laughs) I'll have to focus on that later because in between bites, I found the answer you were supposed to get for me. What is the minimum net worth I'd need to have before securing my dream of opening up a Wendy's franchise? Oh, God, that is just dreamlike. It's obviously the top of the fast food chain, Wendy's. Uh, The answer turns out I might need to wait a couple days because a person has to have a net worth of at least $5 million to be eligible to open up a franchise. What? Yes, I know. American dollars. Yeah, I get it. Whatever. What the f***? Don't get me wrong. I'm still eligible, of course. But, uh, you know, it just take me too long to get at the funds because they're all tied up into things that can't be really. Anyway, okay, time to work on burger number two. Stay fresh, cheese bags. Wow, that's the Daily Double Showcase Showdown. So here's the deal. I was playing way deep down and I ran all of the triple cheeseburger calculations I could possibly do in those 15 seconds. Uh, and I just knew it had to be 5 million. So I want to thank uh, Wendy's. I want to thank <laughs> Bacon just in general, just all of Bacon um, for this monumentous occasion. Jacob, this is almost like I'm watching a perfect game in baseball it is right now. It's like, it it's is. like I, there's only one thing left, right? We have a call in left. It, it, don't screw this up, Jacob. I'm you're working on a perfect game here, my friend. Yeah, we're all scooting no to the other end of the bench. Like nobody's <laughs> disturbing your end of the bench because we're we're getting into the later stages and you're rolling on this. Just call me Jacob Degrom and don't bother me. <laughs> this is only led the second time. I think this is week forty-four of this contest. That's only the second time we've had one right on the, well, I take that back. It's the third time. Cause I think we got the number of barrels and the barrel jumping, right? Yep. And I got the, what's the cost of a bunker to the penny. He got the cost of a bunker to the penny. <laughs> and now, now Jacob gets the Wendy's French fries and Jacob's not even eating damn Wendy's. <laughs> you have to cut that out. The response. That's right. <laughs> Hey, let's take out the magnifying glass, gentlemen, and help somebody do better with their money. Today's hotline call comes to us courtesy of magnifymoney.com. You know what happens, Jacob, when you head over to stackybenjamins.com forward slash magnify money? No. (laughs) (laughs) You should try it out right now because you're going to find that those financial products you use every day from your brick and mortar bank, they're nowhere near best in class, over 92%. Other products available online, all ranked at magnifymoney.com. Head to stackybenjamins.com forward slash magnifymoney for more. By the way, I was over there looking at savings account rates and Len, savings account rates continue to push further and further past uh, 2%. We're on the road to 2.5 now, my friend. Oh my God, this is, we're all going to be rich, Joe. <laughs> at 2.5%? <laughs> Do you realize how long it's, you know what? That means our money will double in what? Uh, rule of 72-ish, 36 years, 35 years? Think about that. Oh my gosh. Grandma saves I'm a third of- I'm all in on my money market account. Done. I'm taking all my investments out. <laughs> Grandma saves a third of a million by the time she's 30. When she's 90, she's clearing a million. 
Oh my God. That is good times. That's some awesome math right there, but somebody needs help. And his name is William. Say hi, William. Hey guys, I have a question uh, slash situation that might be the textbook example of why a person might want to save to pay off their house rather than pay extra principal on their mortgage every month. Uh, My wife and I have been saving to pay off our home uh, in January 2020 and then retire in January 2021. We lived on roughly half our income since January and saved almost $30,000 to do the payoff of $34,000. Then in August, had a discussion with my boss and a bunch of stuff's going on at work, and it looks like the best option for me is going to be to leave in early November. We have 76000 in our non-retirement mutual funds and savings, 30000 in cash, uh, and the rest is in some mutual funds that we used as our emergency fund. I'm going to work part-time, and my wife has worked part-time all along. Here's my question. Is it wise to use the money we save to pay down the house as planned and have a lower cost of living? Or should we keep the funds liquid and use them as an emergency fund? We've been paying just under $1,000 a month on our mortgage, which is actually only $850, so we have been paying extra principal. Taxes and insurance escrow is around $200 uh, of that figure. The mortgage rate is four and a quarter, if that makes a difference. Uh, I hope you can tell me something. I don't know if I'll listen, but it'll make for some entertaining listening anyway. Thanks. Well, we'll try to be as entertaining as we can. <laughs> William, thanks for the question. Uh, man, life through William, a curveball. Congratulations, by the way, on the early retirement. That's awesome. And let's see if we can solve this. Uh, Jacob, what do you think, man? We've got four and a quarter percent, 34,000 bucks. Does he pay it off and live debt-free or does he uh, keep paying his thousand dollars a month? I say pay it off. How come? He's so like, he's like, that's it. The rate. Dud. <laughs> well, at this point, the rate's not going to be extended over a really long time, or if he does, it's not going to have that big of an impact, but paying it off and lowering his cost of living is going to allow that part-time work to be way more impactful. And I think that's a mental win. If your part-time work can cover 80% of your bills instead of 50% because that mortgage is gone. Mentally, it's going to make life so much easier. And, and, and in retirement, you don't want to still have that hustle mindset or like it's you want to enjoy that part-time work. Uh, he didn't mention how much that part-time work brought in, but let's just for the sake of it, say that it covers 80% of his expenses with the, the mortgage. Uh, and then if you can cut out 30% of that, right? Now, all of a sudden, you've got all this room. Maybe you can cover all the expenses. So without a, a couple more pieces of information that could sway me the other way, I really think he should just pay that off and just keep it simple. Yeah, it's interesting when you were talking about the mortgage and the interest rate not really mattering anymore. To explain what Jacob's talking about there to everybody, that it's on an amortization table. So at this point, it's probably a lot less than that four, four and a quarter percent. So if he hangs it out there, He's really not paying four and a quarter. By the way, early in your mortgage, you're not paying four and a quarter. You're paying like 80, right? So the way a mortgage works is the bank gets all their money first. And if he holds onto it for the whole 15 or 30 years, whichever amount William took out or whichever time frame William took out, it's four and a quarter over the life of that loan. Len, what do you think? You agree with Jacob or are you going the other way? No, I- I'm going the other way. Did I catch how much he had saved entirely in his savings? He didn't say how much he has in retirement savings. He just said he's got 76,000 in savings 
besides the 30,000 yeah. that's sitting in cash. So I'm almost in the same boat he is. I'm on the verge of retirement here. I owe uh, my mortgage is like a thousand. Mortgage taxes, everything is like a thousand bucks, insurance a month. And I'm not paying off my mortgage. I'm continuing to just pay that thousand dollars. If especially here, and here's why. It sounds like if he's got seventy thousand just as in a mutual fund, I'm sure he's got more than that. He could pay off that anytime. There's I cannot see a foresee any reason where he's going to default on that mortgage. If he has to pay it off, he's got the money already. The other part is you mentioned the amortization schedule. He's probably playing almost no interest right now. It's almost every check he's making now is almost all principal. So personally, I, I wouldn't pay it off. I would use that money, let it work for you, put it to work, and uh, you hold that money in case you need it for something else. And that's what I would do. That's funny because I kind of come down right in the middle. I don't think there's a bad answer here. I think both ways works fine. I think the math could work out great in Lens Point. I'm gonna I'm gonna in a second say why it might math might not work out. It depends where it takes money from. But I do like the math of leaving it there, the probability that he's gonna beat that interest rate. To Jacob's point though, it's just hanging over him. It's money every month that he has to pay out. Why not get rid of it and simplify your life? I don't think there's a bad answer. Here's the only way, Len, I was thinking the math might not work. It isn't the math anymore against the mortgage. Now it's the math against inflation. So for me, it's where's that $30,000 part while he's sitting there? Because if it's getting eaten up by inflation, he should use that $30,000 to pay off the loan. But if, if then he's using all of his emergency fund to do that as well. And the 76,000 is in mutual funds and things that are going up and down. I mean, he should leave some money in an emergency fund, I would think. But if that 30,000 is just sitting in a savings account that's earning less than four, and we just talked about how that is the case, he should probably pay that down. But he shouldn't take money out of that 76,000 savings that's in mutual funds and pay it down. Because to your point, Lenny's probably going to, the probability that he wins is much better in the market. Yeah, I like I said. There's there's lots of answers to this. I mean, it, sometimes it depends where you're at on the on your amortization table too. With inflation, inflation can work in your favor for not paying off your mortgage. If if you're way start just starting out, the longer it takes you to pay that loan off, if the dollar is devaluing every year, you might as well write it out and keep paying your mortgage off in lower dollars that are worth less and less and less over time. So yeah. it's, it's a double-edged sword. It, it yeah, all depends I'm, on timing. Yeah. Cause the whole, the, the other thing I'm thinking about too, is that, and I, you don't want to play this game. So I'm kind of reticent to bring this up, but the idea that we're at the long of end of a long economic expansion and people smarter than us, like the Fed, right? Let's not talk about the stock market. Let's just talk about the economy. The Fed is cutting interest rates again to try to eke out more from this economy. And in that type of an environment, I would say statistically, the fact that that 76,000 might grow the way it has historically. I mean, the longer this goes on, the more I worry about that. I'm not saying market time. I'm just saying the odds might not be as favorable as I thought they are under normal circumstances. Yes, I think we're in perilous times. Of course, look who you're ta- look who's talking yeah, to, Mr. Right. Bunker. <laughs> but but I let me give you another just kind of going slightly off topic, but this might be related to the uh, caller as well. Is you know I've been looking at 
pension pad. And I've got to worry about whether my pension, I take a lump sum or I, or I take the monthly payout for the rest of my life. There was a thing in Forbes a couple of weeks ago, companies that are offering the lump sum, are they offering you enough money? Forbes is saying, no, these companies are trying to ripping you off with the lump sum. And that's because they base it on the 10-year treasury note. And I was looking at the calculators that they put in there, and basically it turned out that companies are, are assuming that the 10-year treasury is like running one and a half, two percent, and it's going to stay that way. If the T-bills go up, if the interest rates go up to five or six percent, what you might think you're being underpaid, you're being offered you know, right now is not enough. In actuality, you're being offered a good deal. So you have to kind of guess where do I think the 10-year treasury bill is going to be, you know, five years from now, six years from now. You have to really think about that kind of stuff. Well, there's actually a simpler way to do that, which is take what the lump sum number is you're going to get and see what interest rate you need to maintain to make that last your whole life, right? And then look at the probability of that. So if it's a if it's a 5% interest rate that you have to beat over this long period of time, okay, maybe. But if we're up in the 8% range that you have to get with that lump sum to equal the payout. But then on the other side, when it comes to pension payouts, you also have to worry about what happens if the company goes belly up between now and 40 years from now. You're going to live correct, for a, yeah. you could live for a long time and who knows what happens there too. Although then they say, well, but then there's the pension guarantee. I forget what that it's like the FDIC for pensions. They'll come in and bail you out too. So, I mean, there's so many things you got to think the, about. Uh, uh, Jacob has drank from his water three times while you and I were going through that. He, he's thinking it's alcohol. He's like, I, I got to be chugging something here. You know, I love the math. I'm a nerd about it, but I've found so much evidence and interesting detail about the behavior of finance and why people do what they do. The guy that's asking this question he had one question to ask you guys. You could ask anything in the world about all the stuff you're talking about right now and how to make his money grow and eke out those last extra dollars to make the math win. He's just thinking about that mortgage. So behaviorally, that's why I'm, yes, there's there's ways the math could go each way, but I'm 100% on the train of just get the thing off of your mind. Then you can worry about how to make your money grow and stretch and side hustle and use those part-time dollars to stretch further and how to rebalance your portfolio and all those details, but get the thing that's on the top of your mind gone. You have the ability. He does, but let's go into the psychology of that question then. Why do you ask that question? My feeling is the answer that William wants is don't pay it off. I, I, I don't know why, but I got that feeling. No, because he's retiring early this money. He should let it sit there and not pay it off, which also, by the way, I, when I was a financial planner, I had people feel that all the time. They go, oh, I got this money here. I really don't want to part with it. <laughs> like, I'd, I would rather sit it there, sure. which, which brings up the middle ground. Maybe William forgets about it cash flow wise, hooks it up so that he has automatic payouts from that 76000 and that automatically pays it. So it's out of his head, but he can do the best of both worlds. On Jacob's end, it's much more simple. On Len's end, he's playing the math problem, right? And he's uh, the probability that he's going to win, even though I think Led and I kind of talked around that probability a little about might be a little dicier than yeah. than well it's also how you look at it too. Is it like I how I look at it, like I owe a hundred thousand dollars on my mortgage. I don't look at it as how much are my payments I have to make every month. I look at it, I've got the money saved if I ever need to pay it off at any time. My house is essentially paid off if I want to at any time because I've 
done the hard work and I've saved over the years and I've got that. So it's kind of like you said, just it's a bookkeeping thing, right? It's do you want to get it off the books and be done with it or or or, or not? It's it's so personal. Once again, we come to you know, person. This is why it's pers- called personal finance. But I think you guys all agree there isn't a bad decision here, is there? I mean, he's not stepping in it either way. Do you think? No, he did his due diligence. Yeah. He put himself in a position to make a good decision either way. I yeah. agree. He's got the savings. As long as you got the savings, there's you're you're golden, man. Golden. Yeah. Nice job. Thanks for the question, William. You got a question for us? Head to uh, stackingbenjamins.com forward slash voicemail and uh, we can ponder your question for for a good 15, 20 minutes as well. <laughs> I love that. That's awesome. Uh, Jacob, thanks for hanging out with us, man. No, man, it was awesome. It's been way too long and uh, I'm excited that you're, uh, you hit me up and said, oh my gosh, be on my podcast right now. <laughs> That's right. Earlier today. And- I'm happy to fill in for Paula. I, I am. Well, and I mean, you versus Paula talking about self-care. Let's get real. I think you hit it out of the park. <laughs> Paula might've hit a single or a double. I don't know. <laughs> Tell everybody what's happening at iHeartBudgets.net because you are a fan of budgets and you can help people start their budget. Well, let's talk about self-care. Getting on a budget is the best financial self-care you can possibly do. Uh, and that's all I talk about, right? So my site, iHeartBudgets.net, is a place you can come and get uh, helpful, actionable advice on getting started on a budget, getting yourself out of debt and saving more money. And we've got a lot of things going on. I, I As you know, Joe, I rebooted the site and this is my full-time thing now. So I'm, I'm here to help people figure out money and feel more confident with it and enjoy it more. So, uh, come on by, we've got a ton going on. We've got new stuff all the time. Uh, I have a, ch- I haven't actually announced this yet, but I have a challenge coming up, uh, beginning of the year to really get people's money in order to start the year so that the rest of the year is awesome. So yeah, we've got, we've got a lot of things going on. Fantastic. And I see right at the top, people could get a free budget template from you too. Start it's off on 2.0. Right it's a new one. So I had one up there for a long time. I simplified it. I put it on Google Sheets. It's mobile friendly. So you can sync it with your spouse and just stay on, on track with your budget. So yeah, you can come come sign up and uh, and grab your free budget template. Let's get a little nerdy here. Have, have you tried, you know, because Tiller changed from changed over from templates to working with any spreadsheet now. So they could use your template is my understanding then. And you could hook it up if somebody uses Tiller. They could hook up Tiller to that. I haven't tried that yet, but I didn't know that they could do their service through that. That yeah. a good point. I'm yeah. Go check it out. Yeah, they just changed it. It's really cool. Len, what's happening at lenpenzo.com? Hey, first, Jacob, I just want to say I want you to sign the game ball. I think you hit it out of the park today. Perfect game. You pulled it out. Well done, sir. Well done. I appreciate it, Len. You know, um, it's just it's a mental win for me today. <laughs> All these years, Len, we needed somebody to save the show. Finally. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> Finally. <laughs> hey, I, I have just out of coincidence, I have a post on how to splurge responsibly Oh, without breaking the bank. So stop on by uh, the persistent itch and uh, <laughs> check it out. Or leadpenzo.com. Either, either or. We never either did or. buy that domain. We should have bought that do- domain. Uh, is it still available? I, it's probably I don't on GoDaddy. I'm sure somebody, one of our listeners, <laughs> one of our two listeners got that and uh, is now going to charge you a healthy sum of money, <laughs> like 15 or 20 bucks for that thing. <laughs> right. All right, everybody. That's going to do it for today. Thanks a lot for hanging out with us. If you got somebody who needs these discussions, feel free to pass this on, pay it forward as it were. 
but thanks for hanging out with us. Doug, you've got it from here, man. What should we have learned today? So what did we learn today? First, take a lesson from our mansplaining headlines team. Actually, all kidding aside, they did it all right for three dudes, didn't they? Nice job, guys. Filling in without Paula or Gwen. Not as good as if they'd been here, you know, but I think you, you probably passed. Well, I like the message. There's nothing wrong with taking a spa day to de-stress. Thanks for the visual, Joe. Did not need to picture you on the massage table. But don't confuse the treat-yourself mindset with taking honest steps to take care of yourself and not harm your progress towards financial security. Second, own a business or thinking about starting one, even if it's a side hustle, don't waste time chasing all kinds of different systems. Take some advice from Katherine Anderson from Roger and look for ways to let systems talk to each other so you can spend more time on the business and less on backroom stuff. Heck, that's a great lesson for your personal finances, too. We're just giving it away today, folks. But the big lesson? Honestly, just take the French fries. I mean, if someone says they just want a couple of your French fries, no biggie, just order another small fry. That is self-care. But pass on the other four burgers and just get the fries. Special thanks to Jacob Wade from iHeartBudgets.net for stopping by. We'll have a link to Jacob's site on our show notes page at stackingbenjamins.com, where you'll also find more on Roger.ai. Big thanks to Katherine Anderson for stopping by and sharing how it works on our Friday FinTech segment. Len Penzo, the captain of skepticism, appears courtesy of LenPenzo.com. This show was created by Joe Salcihai, produced by Richie Rutter-Reese, and engineered by the amazing Steve Stewart. Online, visit us on Twitter at at SBenjamin'sCast or on our Facebook page. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and I'm wondering if KY Jelly is actually made in Kentucky. SB Podcasts may receive payment on the show from sponsors and guests in the form of books, giveaway items, discounts, or other remuneration. There's no way you would take advice from these dorks, but like Joe's mom always says, don't take advice from people you don't know. This show is for entertainment purposes only, and before making any financial moves, consult with a real financial advisor. Len Penzo, your doctor has called and said, please go back on your medication. Lynn, where are you uh, stationed out of over there? I'm in uh, California, about uh, 35 miles east of L.A. Okay. I'm currently in uh, Red Bluff. Or oh, you're right. Red you're up. Oh, okay. Yeah, I know where that is. 
It's getting cold, so we're heading down to San Fran on Thursday and then going down to San Diego a few days after that. And then we're heading to Phoenix and then Texas and then Florida for a few months. Well, how many miles a gallon you get on uh, in your RV? No, no, no. It's gallons per mile. Yeah, how many gallons per mile? <laughs> Six, seven. Uh, no, bad. we get we get about eighteen unhooked and about ten hooked up. It's a diesel truck, but we're pulling ten thousand pounds. So. Just just be careful when you're driving up in that area. My dad, his buddy, when I was a kid, one of my dad's good friends loaned my dad the RV, and we took it up to Northern California on a trip. And we were up near Placerville. You ever been there? You're you're kind of in that area right now, Placerville, California. And we were gone on this windy, windy road. I mean, it was windy. And my dad took a corner, and there was a rock out. Oh. He turned the corner kind of tight, and he ripped the entire side off that RV. Oh. That, that was – our trip was over. My dad yeah. was sick as a dog, right? This is his friend loaned him this RV. Oh. We got to a gas station. My dad – we, they strung a rope because it looked like a dollhouse. I swear to you, it looked like a doll. Yep. The whole side was, it was like like a yes. sardine can. It just a sheet. Off. A sheet came right off. It just came I've, right off. I've seen off. what they're made of. They're they're made of nothing. It's yes. quarter-inch plywood and some foam. And that's and it. My, my poor dad, we had to drive all the way back to L.A., basically, with a rope. The only thing, you know, <laughs> where the side was peeled Gosh. off. And my poor dad had to tell his friend what he did to his uh-huh. RV. Oh, my God. It was a... It was a nightmare. <laughs> so we took that we took that road over by the Redwoods into the Reading area in the middle of the night. We drove that road. Oh. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. And I was all up on the middle of the road because I saw the, the hangover. You couldn't see it because it was dark, but I saw that hangover. And I'm like, OK, wifey, I'm, I'm going to be in the middle of the road here. Just look out for headlights like yeah. I, I, we had to. So I'm yes. Yeah, trust be me, careful I'm up there. Aware. <laughs> yes. Duh. Well, Stackers, the show might be over, but the celebrations are just beginning because it is Military Appreciation Month that I want to celebrate people like my brother-in-law, Eric, who is such a giving person. Eric will do just anything for you. And as a Marine, you can see that his time in the military taught him to be a guy who gives to his community, gives to his family, and is always there when you need them. This Military Appreciation Month, Navy Federal Credit Union wants to celebrate members like Eric who go above and beyond. Navy Federal offers member-only exclusive rates, discounts, and tools to empower their members and help them reach their goals. Navy Federal's employees are part of the community they serve. Many of them are military family members, reservists, or veterans. And all branches of the military, veterans, DOD employees, and their families are eligible for Navy Federal membership. In fact, there are so many resources on the Navy Federal website, resources like Best Cities After Service to help veterans transition to civilian life and Best Careers for Military Spouses to support military families. Visit NavyFederal.org slash celebrate and you'll see all of their Military Appreciation Month offers and other Navy Federal offers. Navy Federal is insured by NCUA, Equal Housing Lender. 